All right, welcome back. This is The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I'm here with my wife, Natasha Mason. Hello. There she is on my side again. We are back. This is episode 15. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you to, uh, you know, all the folks who are out there who actually sit through these episodes and listen to what we have to say. Um, We pontificate and ramble. And I do, uh, again, I think I share my opinion a lot on things. And uh, one of the, uh, you know, one of the things I always uh, would like to say is that uh, I'm not always right. I don't. What? I'm not always right. So I'm not always right. um, And I hope I'm not wrong. That's the main thing. Um, But really more than anything, these episodes and this show is more about um, maybe putting an idea in front of you, an idea that you can uh, think about, ponder, talk with your friends about. Uh, This is really not so much a, um, there are plenty of religious podcasts out there, uh, TV shows, radio shows, um, preachers on TV and, and online. And there's some really good stuff out there to listen to. I do listen to quite a few. If you get a chance, uh, listen to Harold Seitler on YouTube. There's some uh, audio there. His sermon on grace is fantastic. I let my wife listen to it a long time ago. And it was one of the, it's, I, what did you say about it? You said you. I could feel. You could, it. yes. You could, could feel, feel uh, the, the sermon is from. I think the sermon is from the late 70s or the early 80s, but uh, you were like, you could, you know, the Holy Spirit, you could still feel the power of God in the sermon. It's that, it's one of those sermons that just shakes you. It's that good. Um, but there's, you know, there's plenty of folks out there who do that, who, uh, who are preaching the gospel every single day, and we love them and we appreciate what they do. Uh, Brother Seitler has gone on to be with the Lord years ago, but but his work still lives on, which is awesome. Um, so this 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 podcast is kind of more about the normal, right? The normal everyday Christian people, us. How we make um, it through? Absolutely. And so it's it's uh, we don't really uh, we use we'll use scripture from time to time. I, I tend to to pull it out of my mind because I remember it from you know when I was young. The one thing I've never been great with in my life has ever been names and uh, locations. I can find if I tell you it's in the Bible. I about guarantee it's going to be there because that's just, you know, I've known it that much. And I, that's the, the the Lord brings those things back to memory, which is awesome, too. So uh, in our conversations, we tend to talk about life and we talk about the things that are going on. And so we pull those uh, scriptures out. The Lord shows those uh, when we need them, which is pretty awesome. So one of the things we want to talk about, and um, I think we... Uh, uh, this is uh, this episode is going to be tough for a lot of people. It's going to step on some toes and it might hurt some feelings. And you might be mad at me when it we're done. My feelings. It, or it might be mad at me when we're done with this. Um, and there's a couple different reasons for this. And so the I guess the I don't know what the name of this episode would be. Maybe we'll just call it Reckless. That's that. How about that's the episode? Bum, the bum, name bum. of the episode. Is, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna bring this up on my phone so I can actually quote some of the lyrics that are in this. Oh my so I know I know. So we're gonna talk about. The the song Reckless Love, By and Corey. I'm going to uh, Haim, Corey Haim, ain't that? Oh no, no. that's the actor. <laughs> Sorry. So I, we're we're going to talk about this. If you haven't caught on, I really like the song. I, like it's I, super catchy. It is very catchy. This and this is the I've been in Christian music myself. Oh, well, okay, let's just say I've been outside of Christian music myself for the last 20 years. I sing and write my own stuff. He's really great, y'all. I do it for myself and for Brad the Lord. Mason. Brad Mason. Look is, him up on YouTube. Uh, anyway. Or SoundCloud. D- okay. So you're you done promoting over there? So anyway. Or vandalism. Um, I've always been a... Because I, I think because I, I in the last episode, I mentioned that you know I got saved when I was a kid. I was five. Born, 
again when I was five. I was in church all my life. I was in an uh, independent fundamental Baptist church growing up, which is pretty strict. It was not the strictest of churches, uh, denominations, but it was a really strict one. Um, and so a lot of contemporary Christian music was not allowed. Contemporary CCM music didn't really roll around till the late 80s, right? That's when uh, DC Talk and some of these other right. groups were taking off. I remember we went to a school in Casa Grande, Arizona. Uh, me and my brother were in this, and it was, uh, I want to say it was... Um, it was more of a contemporary church that, but they had a Christian school there, and my mom and dad put me and my brother in this school. Um, There's the only Christian school in the area, um, so we go to the school, and they have a mu- music appreciation class that we had to attend. So one of the videos they had, they played a video of this, and I'm I'm assuming it was DC Talk. I can't remember, but it seems like that's who it was. But they were on this yacht, and they were like bouncing around, singing and rapping and stuff. <laughs> And me and my brother are over there bawling like babies because we're just crying. And then this lady comes over and she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, we're not allowed to listen to this. My mom and dad won't let us listen to this music. This is terrible. Right. And so, you know, my mom and dad had to actually come up to this school and explain to them why they didn't want us listening to this stuff and why they didn't. You know, and it's not, I'm not saying it's bad. Don't, you know, I'm not, I, I, you know, she but knows. change is difficult. Yes. When you're in that, it was really hard. Um, she knows that I'm, I love all types of music. I've, I've got a eclectic uh, listening style and and things like that but it was very different and so christian music over the years has uh continued to change and uh grow uh, my mom always uses the one step theory uh, that's what i like to call it um oh there goes my phone um my mom uses what i call the one step theory where she says that the world moves one step further into i wouldn't say chaos but they move further one, one step further into wickedness and the church takes one step right behind them so the world is always leading and then the church is following and the church follows in small increments pretty accurate yeah because the church doesn't the church will and, and you can look at this i don't have to point out anything that the churches are doing today but if you're sitting here listening to this podcast and you can think of local churches that you've seen some of the way that they conduct their services even the way that we dress the way that we talk and how we how we the words we use and the language we use is what the world was using and what they were saying at least five, six, seven, eight years ago. We're progressively following along with that. There was a point, and I'm going to point this out, and someone's going to get mad at me, and I'm going to say, I'm not saying they're bad, okay? But I'll, I'll use tattoos as an example. It's just an example. Let's not, don't go getting on me because I'm saying tattoos. I don't Wailing care. If, and gnashing of teeth. Don't care if you got tattoos. You're not going to hell because you got tattoos. I'm not condemning that. But I will say, if you will go back and you will look at the late 50s, the motorcycle people who were the bad boys, who were the outlaws, who were the castaways from society, were the ones who had tattoos. It wasn't your mom and dad. It wasn't the people raising their children in the home. It wasn't the cohesive... Grandma and right. grandma. It wasn't the, no, it, it, was, it was war vets. And it was, you know, it was people who were over-facing hard, difficult things in life, and they would get some memorable tattoo. Um, but you progress on into the 80s and then the 90s, and next thing you know, everybody and their brother is getting a tattoo. And I'm not knocking tattoos at all. I don't want anybody to think not that I'm saying me. that. Um, but I'm just saying that we 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 progressed along the way and, and maybe we realized that maybe we've convinced ourselves that it's it's fine or and it's not bad and i'm not going to argue that point that's not what i'm trying to say but it's just an example of how we've moved uh, the needle of the church has moved to where we're okay um 
we're okay looking like the world and we're okay doing some of the things they do and that's a really uh, harsh example but because uh, they're wonderful i know plenty of wonderful believers who have tattoos and i wouldn't you know i got nothing to say about it um it doesn't make anybody any worse than anybody or better than anybody but it's just funny to me that as the world moves so does the body of christ as the, the world, world goes turns. right the the little uh, what's that thing that the, the guys do with their hair the little thing on top the little uh, man bun yes the man bun that thing is, oh man, I'll be glad when that thing goes away. But it's, it's a Don't good example. Man. You just ain't got no hair. But it's a good example of what we're, it's a good example of how the world does something. And then everybody does it. Like they do it on the, the models are doing it on the runways. And yeah. next thing you know, people are doing it in magazines. And next thing you know, people are doing it in colleges. And then the kids at high school are doing it. It's the whole kneeling thing, right? Remember they were kneeling for right. football? It's the same thing. The NFL did it. Then it went to college. Then it went to high schools. Then it went to peewee games. And people are like, why does this keep trickling down? because that's the way society works that's the way these things work that's where i'm going with this so and you're all over me no we're not we're still on the same we're still on the same story here so the the main thing here in them and being being a person who writes songs right i know how hard it is sometimes to rhyme and i know how hard it is to uh, yes and so there are going to be some christian songs out there that are going to be you're going to listen to them and if you're going to your christian songs for your doctrine and theology you should probably stop doing that um because the majority of them are flawed in many many ways and there are many many songs out there where they are flawed um you know some of, some of my fa- I don't say that name some of my favorite one of my favorite bands has one song where the it's hold on to jesus um and it's telling me to hold on to him when in reality and i know what they mean by that i know that they mean i should cling to him at all times and keep him close to me but the truth is he holds on to me it's not i'm not holding on to him he's holding on to me he holds me in his hand. It's not the other way around. But I understand the idea behind it is is don't ever let that get away from you. Don't ever let that don't let Jesus not become important in your life. Don't let it don't let the world get in the way. So when they're saying hold on to him, hold on to Jesus, you know, I get that, but it's not the it's not the theologically correct, but I get the idea behind it. Reckless love though. Reckless love. We're going to talk about so during the late um during the 90s, if you go to a Christian bookstore, you were always going to find some kind of trinket or something new that popped up that they were trying to sell you. There was the Prayer of Jabez. There was the uh, the, the Purpose Driven Life, the Five Love Languages. There was There's a slew. There's just a slew of church literature and music that is uh, trendy, and, and that's what it's geared to. It's geared to the trend at the time, and it's geared to sell and make money. So one of the things that churches and we've done is we've used, we use words to describe God, description and his ways in uh, I, I don't catchy we want to make it catchy we want to make it so trendy words yes we want to use trendy just like all the hipsters and we use that word and we use millennials and so we use these words uh, like fierce you know we say that god is fierce and his hope is fierce and his joy is fierce and so we paint these pictures we're trying to paint these pictures of how god is and they might not be completely biblically accurate so the big problem that i have and i heard this reckless love song and i think we both in i I want to say I like the song, but it's so fraught with problems. So let me let me just. But we're not here you, to bash the song. We're here to talk about the word reckless. So let me go give ahead. you the definition of the go word ahead. reckless. No, go ahead. It's an adjective, which means it describes. It's without thinking or caring about the consequences of an action. Right. So synonym words for that: careless, thoughtless, heedless, hasty, impulsive, devil may care, impetuous. 
Right. Okay. So, and now that you've described the word reckless, I'm going to read the chorus to the song. I wish you would sing it. I'm not. And it says, Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, it fights till I'm found, and it leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Right. It's very catchy. It's it's huge. Churches are singing it. Every, it's it's massive. But it is that just that one part is a is a problem that is it, it drove me nuts when I heard it. And I, I think I heard it on the radio and I looked at my wife and I said, That's so wrong. Did you hear it on the radio before we heard the guy yes. singing at the crowd or something? Yes, I had heard it before then. You not heard it before. I heard it before then. Even when he was singing it, we went to a show, we saw David Crowder and his band, and there was a guy who sang it and I and when I was sitting there and it was just eating at me. And these things eat at me. And I don't I don't know why they eat at me like they do, but they just eat at me. And so I wanted to explain you that. all consumed with everything <laughs> biblical. And I, but I want to explain that in such a way that people get it. And, and she said, my wife asked me today, she said, what would have been a better word to use there? And I said, faithful, because it would have fit. If he would have said, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, faithful love of God, that would be fine. That, would, that fits better than the word reckless. But faithful is not what we're trying to say. We're trying to make our God sound cool, right? We're trying to make him a hip God who's, you know. But the, problem, one of the, the underlying problem with the song is, is that it's all about me. That's the number one problem with this song is that it is all about the person who was singing it. It's not really so much about God. It's, if you read, you, you want to know, God you can hear God doesn't care about these other 99. Right, right. He's coming after so me. The, and let's go to that, and let's talk about that. So in the, in the verse, he says, um, he chases me down, fights till I'm found, he leaves the 99. And so he's using the, song, he's using the parable where Jesus is saying that he leaves the 99, the, the good shepherd, he leaves the 99 to go and find the one sheep who has been lost, right? So there's a sheep out there who was lost. And I've argued this with people left and right, and we've had discussions about this. Reckless love is leaving the 99 to walk off a cliff, to go into the pasture and get eaten by wolves, to not have a shepherd, to not have any security or safety. That would be reckless of God, to walk away from 99 to go find one person and leave the other 99 to die horribly. To, to not protect or keep them safe. That is absolutely reckless. If that is what this guy is talking about in the song, he's absolutely right. That would be a reckless God, and that's not the one of the Bible. The problem yeah. is, is that the reckless love of God, that's a horrible term to use of God's love. It's not reckless at all. The 99 in that instance are safe and secure. It's just like a born-again believer. We're all born again, and we're safe um, in, the, in the arms of God. And, and he's saying, I will leave those 99 who have already put in a place and I've secured them and kept them safe to go find the one who was lost to bring them back to where the 99 are. That is not reckless. That is a plan of action. That is saying, hey, That's I've, purposeful. Yes, I've got these 99 over here. They're safe and secure where they're at. I'm going to leave them. And I'm now the, the, the part there is, is that the 99 are secure, right? But they are going to be a little upset because the shepherd is going away. But he's coming back. He's coming back and he's bringing the one with him that they are missing. But they are secure and safe where they're at. They're secure and safe. So that's why I say the, the word faithful would have fit better there because God's love is that way. It's so faithful that even when he has to go and find the one, he still has me in a secure spot. He's never going to leave me or forsake me. That's what the scripture says. 
I will never leave you nor forsake you. So if that is what the scripture says, why would we nor leave you recklessly? Yes. He's not going to leave us. He has sent his Holy Spirit to dwell with us. So the idea that he leaves the 99 and because his his love is so reckless and it's coming in. So and and you and the kicking down the door. Oh, God, the kicking down the door. So, yeah, that's why I say the song has more than just one. You could change the word faithful and it would still have another problem. So there's I think it's the bridge. And it says there's no shadow you won't light up. No mountain and you won't climb up coming after me. Again, it's making me the central idea here. Right. You're after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. That's laughable. Um, lie you won't tear down coming after me. And then he just repeats it over and over, and he keeps saying the same thing. So let's break that down. <laughs> and I'm probably going way too far into this song for a lot of people. They're going to say, well, you're being too technical. Just be quiet you and know. enjoy yeah, the just, song. Just enjoy the song. Aren't you just, because I, I defend, the he scripture talks about, I'm I can't. I'm telling you people, he cannot do I can't. this. The scripture talks about contending for the faith. So I'm just going to hit them all up, right? So there's no shadow, you won't light up. Absolutely, got no problem there. I think, you know, the, the Bible says that Christ is the light of the world. Uh, a city that is set on a hill, we're supposed to be lights to the world. The city that's set on the hill cannot be hid because it lights up. We can see that, right? There's no mountain you won't climb up. Yeah, I don't, that's not happening. I don't know what that even means. <laughs> what is this cliffhanger? So this is, doesn't make any sense. That that doesn't make any sense. Coming after me again. Because you're climbing up a mountain. You're trying to hide from Jesus. I think he's, well, he's, I think maybe there he's looking at it from the shepherd's perspective mm-hmm. that if the sheep is on top of a mountain, he's going to climb. So then the next one, he says, there's no wall that you won't kick down. Uh, uh, okay, let's like just keep Chuck Norris. Exactly. Uh, there's no lie that you won't tear down. I, and then that one's okay. I have no problem with that. Right? Lies. Exactly. I believe God it, it, coming after me. Again, it's back to me. So I got no issues with some of that. But the things that I do have, and, here, and here's the, big, the bigger issue. Again, the song is centralized around the person singing it. It's, it's singing about the grandness of God, but it's all about God coming after me, right? It's God's chasing me. God's coming after me. He's kicking doors down. He's kicking walls down. He's climbing mountains. And that's all a bunch of junk because that's not, it, it sounds good in the song. It makes you feel it's warm and fuzzy. It's very dramatic. It sounds wonderful, but it's, it's completely inaccurate because God is the supreme being of the universe. He does not have to kick a door down. He does not have to climb a mountain to come after me. You know, I, there was an old, um, there was an old third day song way back when they first started, and it was talking about uh, swimming. There's no, you know, he was talking about there's no ocean too wide he won't swim across or something like that. A mountain he won't climb. And and, and it was, I, I at the time I never even really thought about it, but the more I thought about it, I was like, that doesn't even make sense. He's the god of the. If anything, he's not kicking a door down; it's falling down. He's not climbing a mountain; the mountain gets out of the way. It's it, these things, these images that we have are that there are these difficulties in front of God. They're very human. Exactly. Human contained. Yes. Constrained. It's it's these difficulties. We say, hey, there's difficulties. Um, you know, we uh, somebody's out here doing drugs, right? And they're 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 hooked on drugs. And we like to think that God is pursuing that person, and He's going to go in there, and He's going to get the drugs out of the way, and He's going to do all these things he's to get take to them, that away right? From them. And that's, that's not necessarily how it works. We don't become better people before we come to God. If God, and this, you know, I think the, uh, you look at the Calvinist viewpoint that uh, predestination, that God calls whom he will, and that God calls people, and they have to answer to that call. Well, this whole song is a problem for Calvinists, because this song is not God calling anybody. This is God having to chase somebody, having to climb a mountain and fight through stuff Why to get to you. Why do you think God has to chase anybody? He doesn't have to chase anyone. If there's no place in this world, there's nowhere that we, and David was smart enough in the scriptures and the Psalms to realize this, that there's nowhere that I can go. He said, even if I descended into the depths of hell, 
you would be there. If God wants you and God wants to find you, he's going to find you. He's not going to fight through things. He doesn't have to. He is the almighty God. He doesn't have to. He'll tell things to get out of the way. I got no problem with that. If there's something in your life that is becoming a problem, God will remove it. That's who he is, and that's what he does. I mean, you think of it, I think this is why Jesus uh, re- related to him coming in the physician. He says, of, you know, physician, heal yourself. He, those who are sick, or healthy, don't need a physician. He is a, he's saying, I'm the physician. He's not saying, I've come to fight, help you fight your sickness or your disease. I'm not here to help you uh, to fight cancer or to fight AIDS or to fight any other thing that's wrong with you. He's not here to help you fight that. He's here to help you overcome it because he, in that sense, he's the physician that he is. He is the answer to all of your problems, right? So when we look at this life and we look at all the difficulties and the struggles and the things that go on, you know, and we paint God with that human brush and we paint him to look how we want him to look. Um, the song actually originates from, I believe there it's a Bethel is the name of the church, the guys from there. Um, and there's so many different things about the theology there that have issues. And I think that's where some of the people who are taking contention with this idea that we're going to, we're going to label God. And then he defends the reckless thing. Um, but you know, people, I think as Christians, our problem is, is we don't want to differentiate. We don't want to, we don't want to separate non-truth from truth. We don't want to say this is wrong and this is right. And we're afraid to say, don't yeah, that's just a song. You're taking it too serious, you know. But I think when we when we show it to the world and we let the world see it, they see it. And if they're lost, they're going to get the wrong picture and the wrong idea of what this God is. Oh, so this God chases after me. So if I do stuff, he'll come find me. And you know, I I'll go off and I'm going to be down here in my sin and I'm going to be over there doing what I want to do. And if he wants me, he'll come down there where I'm at. He's going to come after me. Because that's what this song says. He's coming I don't after need to me. Come to him. Exactly. There's no. There's nothing on me coming before him, humbling myself before him, throwing myself at his feet, begging for his mercy because he is God. That's the issue I have with that song. Is that it? It puts me the at importance the of me. Yes. It's saying God will come and He'll chase me down. What in the world would go? It sounds great, good, catchy song. Don't get me wrong, but I see why people love it because it gives us that idea that we're so important, that we matter so much to God that He's going to. He's what's the one? He give himself away. That's what the scripture uh, it says in the song. His one point, he says he gave himself away, right? Which is, yeah, I mean, he really, you know, yeah, I guess he gave his son. He gave his son to us, and he gave his son for us, but he still did not have to chase us. Um, and, and there's all kinds of, I know there's other people are going, you could whip out a hundred verses to support every viewpoint, but I think that was, you know, and we, we debated where we even talk about reckless love or not in the podcast, (laughs) because you know, I have this, this one song right now currently drives me insane. I don't know if you can hear it in his voice, people. Yeah. It drives me nuts. So if you, you want to really get on my nerves, post reckless love over and over on our Facebook page and it'll, it'll send me Danny Gokey. I don't even remember what it was about Danny Gokey that drove me crazy. He sings. I, uh, music. So Christians, here's the thing. And here's the thing about I music. And I've, I know. About Jesus. I know. Here's the thing that I explained to my wife before, because there has to be myself, even with, I used to go to churches and I used to sing for youth groups and whatever. And, and I was in a, a band and we would play around. And so uh, there was a moment in between the songs, I would always try to present something from the gospel. We would sing a song and I would try to speak the word. Right. And so 
uh, got to one point where the band was like, uh, one of the guys in the band said, man, we just need, you need to stop doing that. We just need to sing the songs. And the bass player said, well, then I'm not going to be in this band anymore because that's what I'm here for. He said, if he doesn't do that, we'd, I don't do this because it's, it was important. And I think what, what he understood, what I understand, was that there has to there's a line, what is it, entertainment and what is ministry. There is a line between the two. There has to be. Um, and so what I think happens is, is, and what I think is happening currently, is that we're entertaining each other in the body of Christ. We're just entertaining. You know, We're putting on a show. We're putting on the lights. We're putting on the TV. We're putting on the smoke. I mean, literally literally smoke in these churches we're we're putting on you know the best production that we can i mean some of these things are produced uh better than a rock show you know i mean it really is i've had people tell me that come over here listen to this my church is like going to a rock show you wouldn't believe it it's that incredible so we're using entertainment to try and fulfill something that people need instead of actually saying um instead of putting the emphasis on the word you know instead of putting the emphasis on the word of god um there's one large preacher a local uh down near charlotte north carolina who uh for the most part uh, it's more entertainment and it's more human it's more human emphasis it is uh that he puts on what he's doing and it's not really so much it's not so much word centered it's you know but i think that's what people like they want the entertainment and and that's the sad thing these churches are filled with people who will come in and enjoy themselves and they will go home and they will have had a good experience they will have had a great experience sunday morning at um you know the big bucket baptist church or whatever they don't use baptist but the big bucket church of of whatever um and they're going to tell their friends they had a good experience their friends are going to come they're going to have a great experience but it's not going to be life-changing it's not going to want to make them to want to uh live more for god so uh and that's that's my personal opinion Excuse me. Um, that's not, you know, I can't say that uh, that's the ab- absolute fact, but that's just my personal opinion. I could be wrong on that. Could be wrong on that. I could be wrong on the reckless thing, too. But the definition of it is uh, pretty self-explanatory. But he's pretty sure that he is not. No, I'm absolutely positive. <laughs> if we go back to the scripture that it says that uh, Jesus himself was the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. Before the world was ever created, God the Father saw his Son as the sacrifice. He had a plan. It was in no way reckless. Plan-na. He had a plan. I'm doing old preacher. He had a plan. It's in no way reckless. There's nothing reckless about the love of God. It is faithful. It is firm. It is secure. It is something you can depend upon. Um, it is not going to leave you lost and alone. Um, it, it's it's going to, if you're a believer, he is, he's going to be with you uh, forever and a day. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. If you are a lost person, he sees you where you're at and he will call you where you are at. And you, it is your duty to respond to that. And you respond to the God's call by either saying yes or no. It's that simple. It's not any more complicated than that. But he does not have to chase you. He doesn't have to find you anywhere. He knows where you're at. So just we all need to remember. No, <laughs> we all need to remember that that he sees us where we are. I think if we, if more of us did that, we would probably be less inclined to sin, right? Yeah. So, so that's that. This episode, uh, this episode 15 was a reckless episode. It was all over the out place. Of out of control. We're recklessly running into stuff. So hopefully, hopefully, I haven't made anybody mad to the point that they don't listen to the show anymore. Oh, come on back. Maybe every time this song comes on the radio, the one thing I will encourage you to do is sing louder, sing louder than the radio and always sing faithful or what did you say? Perfect. Perfect. 
<coughs> when reckless comes up, you just sing out faithful or perfect, and you'll sing right over the guy, and your your theology there will be solid and correct. When it gets to the bridge, you're gonna have to do something just there. Just hum along. When he starts kicking down the door, just start yelling Chuck Norris. I don't know. So outside <laughs> of that, this has been episode 15 of the Abnormal Christian. We hope you have a great uh, week or month. Hopefully, it's not that long again, and we will talk to you next time. Bye.